Today on the Locked on Blues podcast, we're going to be talking about the St. Louis Blues, your second place team in the Central Division after commanding wins against the Minnesota Wild and the New York Islanders. We're going to be talking a lot about uh, those two specific games, but also the performances of Jordan Bennington, bounce back of the century, big game Bennington, Justin Falk steamheading this defense into a direction that we haven't really seen this season, as well as uh, the absolute fire starter that is Robert Thomas. Uh, so make sure you stay tuned and don't go anywhere. Your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Locked On Blues podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch, going to be taking you guys on a solo episode today, talking about the Blues' five-game win streak to move them into second place in the Central Division. Big wins against Minnesota, big win against the New York Islanders, and huge performances from some key players. But before we get into all of that, uh, I want to remind you guys, and thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day, whether it's your morning commute to work, to school, uh, wherever you might be going, if you're starting your day off with us, we thank you guys sincerely. Now, let's start with the Blues versus Islanders because it was the most recent, and I kind of want to build up hype for the Minnesota Wild game because that was a huge game, probably the biggest win of the season. But 6-1 to one victory over the Islanders, commanding fashion. The Blues were never uh, out of control of this game. And a huge performance from Justin Falk, who had three points on the night and two goals. Robert Thomas had three points as well, and so did Vladimir Tarasenko. So if you're keeping uh, track at home for the points race, Vladimir Tarasenko, Robert Thomas, and Jordan Cairo are all leading the pack and all tied at 65 points on the season. Robert Thomas is on a rampage. We'll get into him later. But I thought this was a great performance from the Blues, obviously. Nick Letty uh, got on the score sheet again. He has two goals uh, since his trade with the St. Louis Blues. And as you guys know, before he was traded to the Blues, he had one goal on the entire season. So uh, sometimes it's just a matter of getting a change of scenery and uh, somebody seeing some grass that might be greener elsewhere uh, to help them, uh, to help propel their career. And I feel like Nick Letty's been doing that. He's been kind of a a missing piece that the Blues... uh, I don't know. I I feel like when the Blues first traded for him, myself included, I was like, I don't really know how I feel about this. He feels like a consolation prize, considering all the names that were being thrown around, like Chikrin, like Lindholm, and all of these guys. And he comes in and uh, has been a key part to the, like I said, the resurgence for this Blues defense. But I think the spearhead for that has been Justin Falk, and has been Justin Falk all season long. Craig Bruby talked about it. Because the question that he was asked was, is this one of the best games that you've seen from Justin Falk? And he's like, Justin Falk has great games all the time. It really does. I think we kind of take for granted how much Justin Falk means to this defense because so many people are uh, focusing on the fact that Colton Pareko has been kind of underwhelming or focusing on the fact that uh, Tory Krug uh, is uh, was brought in to kind of be that replacement for Alex Petrangelo and he hasn't really panned out yet. And so many people are obviously focusing on Marco Scandella as being uh, a scapegoat for many things that aren't going in the Blues direction. But even Marco Scandella, I feel like, has been playing pretty solid defense lately. Uh, Kale Rosen has come in and just been pretty great His time, this time up with the club. Uh, we were a little skeptical, skeptical about last time, but I think he's really held his own and looked like uh, he belongs in the NHL. 
on this trip up with the club. And I think that's um, a, a lot of that has to do with building momentum and uh, the morale of the team. And I, I feel like with the way that they've started off in April, uh, they can really beat anybody. And they showed us that with their performance against the Minnesota Wild, a team that by all accounts has had a much better season uh, than the St. Louis Blues this year. Uh, you can take into consideration the Winter Classic if you like. That There's negative degrees and freezing cold temperatures. Obviously, and playing outside is always kind of a different beast. But it just always feels like the Blues, regardless of... And we kind of ran into this last season, too. But um feels like the Blues always have the Minnesota Wilds number. And even in the game, like it, it, it really felt like the Blues were the better team. And obviously, it's like, that's one scenario there. But it, it, it felt like the Blues were more of a playoff team than Minnesota Wild were. So I, I think in terms of a matchup, when you take into consideration the physicality of the Blues and the high-powered offense that the Blues have and just the waves of depth that they can come flying at you, like really the only question mark there is if the Blues' defense can stand um, the test of the time. And I, I think they did, and I think they proved that against the Minnesota Wild. So uh, coming out with four lines deep of offensive power that uh, just has some of the biggest names in hockey and some of the most lethal shots. And then you've got guys like Jordan Cairo, who's obviously kind of gone quiet, but um, he had two assists the other night and he's playing on a line with uh, Barbashev. And he's, well, let's just say he's not playing on the same line as Vladimir Tarasenko. And I think that helps Robert Thomas in terms of point production dividends, because obviously they've established a pretty strong chemistry together, but Robert Thomas is just on an absolute rampage right now. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But before we do, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar. You might have heard of them. We talk about them all the time on this podcast. Uh, but this is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all of my New Year's resolutions. You know, we're four months into the year now. And as much as I'd love to hold on to them dearly, a lot of times they just don't really look like uh, they're going too well. So if I'm trying to watch my weight, uh, I'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution at all because I actually enjoy eating them. And if you haven't tried the puffs, you absolutely have to. Uh, you're missing out on one of the best tasting Built Bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. That's protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% Real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. They're going to be your new favorite. And all Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. So go to Built.com and scroll down the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low calorie, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Built Bar also has amazing flavors like mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They are all delicious and new flavors coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. 
And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com and we'll be right back. All right, folks. So we're going to get into a fun little discussion called what goalie should we start now? Because Jordan Bennington had a fantastic performance against the New York Islanders. I believe he saved 30 of 31 shots against them. He looked like uh, he was in control, wasn't really flying around the crease. Like we kind of seen him flail at times, um, maybe get out of position at times as well. But uh, he looked absolutely on point. He looked confident. He looked like he was ready for playoff hockey. And I think when it comes down to it, like you're paying Jordan Bennington to be your starter six years, like six million dollars. That's not a guy that you want to cast away to the wind lightly, right? Or just say like, oh, someone else comes in, is out playing you. Like we've got a lot of money locked up in you. Oh, you're just going to take a back seat for as long as pop as possible. All oh, this guy's hot. Like if both goalies are playing hot, obviously that's the ideal scenario for any team going into the playoffs, right? But I think when the lights are brightest with Jordan Bennington and the pressure is on the most is when he excels the most. And when people are doubting him uh, and in like dire moments when he really feels like the weight of the world is pushing on him because he's been through so uh, so much adversity in his career. I mean, being told he's going to down, down to the cheddar by uh, Martin Brodeur multiple times and like just never really feeling like he got the opportunity until the Blues Stanley Cup run uh, to grab a hold of that opportunity. And then he did grab a hold of that opportunity and ended up winning a Stanley Cup for the team. So I think this is op- an opportunity for him as well to kind of build off this performance. Obviously, letting up one goal on that many shots is great, especially considering the seasons that he's had so far. It's 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 an opportunity for him to bounce back. It's an opp- opportunity for him to build off of. And that's great for the St. Louis Blues because – Vili Husso, at, at the bare bones of it, Vili Husso and Jordan Bennington are very much similar goalies when they're playing at their best, right? Like, they're sound positionally. Uh, they can move laterally across the crease and make those big-time saves. And I think the biggest impact that both goalies have is, like, they have the opportunity to shift momentum with their saves, right? And it's like, I think one of the biggest things that we've been thankful for, thank God, because the defense has um, been spotty at times this season. It's Vili Husso's um, percentile to save high danger shots is like 97 percentile of goalies in the league, which is just absurd playing at that level and um, saving that amount of shots that should, by all accounts, be goals like slot shots, like high danger opportunities. He has just been stoning um, would-be goal scorers all the time. And I think Jordan Bennington, that that was the big draw for him, was making those massive saves in the playoffs and he was doing it consistently in the playoffs. And that and that changes the tide of the game, right? Like if when if you I think that's probably why um and I think I've seen multiple articles talk about this. That's probably why it seemed like the Blues played a different defense in front of Billy Husso than they did Jordan Bennington because uh, you probably grip the stick a little bit tighter, white knuckle it a little bit if you're uh, if you see a guy on a breakaway bearing down on Jordan Bennington, let's say like two months ago, right? 
and you're like, oh no, like I got to rush back. Like I'm not too confident that he's going to make this save. But with Billy Huso, like you're a little more confident that he's going to make that save. Right. And so you're kind of more focused on the counter than you are like laying out to block that shot. And when, when that opportunity happens, like those counters happen often. And I think uh, a great, a great example of that was the Braden Shen goal. Um, I believe it was uh, the Minnesota game, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but Billy Huso just made a massive save at one end. And then next thing you know, like Braden Shen's going the other way. The Blues have an odd man rush and he goes backhand um, for a huge goal. And that's those are the kind of goals that are going to happen and get that crowd pop and get that momentum and uh, really carry teams, not just in the course of a game, right? But in the course of an entire series, like that, that one goal that Braden Shen had that back here, like, I think if that happens in a playoff setting, that has the opportunity to shift the entire momentum of a series, not just the momentum of that game. So, and that's going to be huge. And I think uh, the blues have a tight knit group that have been through a lot this season, uh, through ups and downs and injuries and uh, poor play. And some of the best play that, especially from the offense, some of the best play that we've seen historically from like blues teams of all time so to take that in consideration with um the historical factor that jordan bennington uh like the question mark surrounding Billy huso is can this guy lead this team through a stanley cup gauntlet and come out on the other side of it victorious right the question with jordan bennington is not that because we know that he's already proven that he's capable of doing that the question is can he do it again and the question is, can you trust that he can do it again? And I think his performance against the New York Islanders gives myself and gives a lot of fans that, hey, there's still something inside of him, something, a fire that drives him uh, that's capable of producing a top tier performance at any level against any opponent. And I think that's like that's crucial for the, the long run of any team. But as Craig Bruby always says, like, having two goalies firing on all cylinders like you need two goalies to win like you're not like nine times out of ten you're not going to be able to get through an entire playoff series just playing one goalie like there's going to be nights where guys have to rest and there's going to be times where goalies don't play their best and that's just the nature of the beast and for the blues to have two guys in their goaltending room right now that are capable of playing at such a high level like I know I know there are there it's a very touchy subject when it comes to these goalies and like who is trusted more and like obviously like it fluctuates a lot throughout the course of the season uh but I think it's important that we do realize that Jordan Bennington won this team a Stanley Cup and like has been to an all-star game and like by every account like when he's playing at the best of his capabilities he's should be, in my opinion, a top 10 goalie. That's why I t- tweet out top 10 all the time when he makes huge saves. Um, should be a top 10 goalie in the NHL. And to have Vili Huso come in, and who um, was higher on the depth chart than Jordan Bennington, but was just hurt when the Blues needed a goalie for the Stanley Cup run, um, or to be called up before the Stanley Cup run, Jordan Bennington goes on a tear. Next thing you know, he's you know lifting the Stanley Cup. But Billy Huso was above him in the depth chart. He's like kind of a higher prospect. Um, and he's really getting an opportunity to show what he's capable of now. And he's taking full reins on that too. So it's a great problem for Blues fans to have. And I think too often we focus on the negatives of, oh, Jordan Bennington played terrible. Or, oh, Billy Huso didn't play good enough and he let up a soft goal. But like when it really comes down to it, like both of these goalies are more than capable 
honestly, I'm going to say it right now. I, I think both of these goalies are more than capable of shouldering an entire team on like on their shoulders and leading them to a Stanley Cup run. We know that Jordan Bennington's done it before. I think with the way that Billy Huso has played this season and what he's shown on those high danger opportunities, that that is enough of a momentum boost, especially for this offense, uh, to go the full 16 games and come out raising it again. So I know I talked about it um, a couple episodes ago with Josh, but I really do believe that uh, if the stars align, if everything happens right, even if the Blues didn't get the top-tier pick at the trade deadline, even if I think that the Blues defense is still lacking in a couple departments, the way that they're playing right now, the way that Blues are getting goaltending right now, and the way that their offense uh, is just absolutely throttling people right now. There's no reason for me to believe that this team is incapable of winning a Stanley Cup. So we're going to talk more about that as well as Robert Thomas averaging two points per game in the month of April right now. That's right, two points per game in the month of April. So you don't want to miss that. But before we do talk about that, I want to remind you guys about our friends over at BetOnline.net because BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. We'll be right back, so don't go anywhere. All right, folks. So if you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, you know that I've made some um, pretty pretty broad and uh, outlandish claims about Robert Thomas saying that I think he has the potential to be one of the best offensive players that the Blues have ever had. And if you break down uh, his month of March, uh, the guy was just on an absolute tear, doubled his point, his, uh, his goal total in the month of March. He had six goals in the month of March and six assists as well, so 12 points. In the month of April, in the month of April. So the month of March has 31 days, right? We are 10 days deep in the month of April, and he already has 12 points. He's already matched his total from the entire month of March. He's got five goals and seven assists in one, two, three, four, five, six games. Dude's averaging two points per game. And we've always known that the playmaking ability has been there, right? And we know that um, when it came to prospects, like we've seen... Uh, what Jordan capable, what what Jordan Cairo has been capable of uh, this season. We've seen flashes from him. Like the dude is flashy. The dude can toe drag you out of your skates and can break your ankles and uh, go bar down ski with the best of them. Like the dude is obviously a superstar, right? But I think too many people forget that one Robert Thomas is younger than Jordan Cairo, and he is still like very far along in his development and his success as an NHL player. Uh, and I really think we're like, I thought we saw the breakout from him like multiple seasons ago, but I, this feels like a true breakout into like a superstardom that he is capable of because by every account, like when it came to prospects and um, 
like articles that were written about the blues farm system, they ha- everyone had Robert Thomas at the top. It was not Jordan Cairo. And as stellar as he is and as superstar level of a player as I think Jordan Cairo is able to be, I mean, the dude beat Connor McDavid in a foot race. Like that's superstardom. That's, that's potential for a lot there. Robert Thomas touted as a higher prospect than him. I think, I think that speaks dividends. And I think a lot of people, um, Maybe not undermine that, but underestimate that. Um, so for him to just be going out there right now, taking care of business in every aspect of his game, defensively, penalty kill, power play, goal scoring, which I, we got to emphasize that too, dude. Like it's not everyone wanted. Oh, by the way, like I am sunburned beyond belief. So if you're watching this on YouTube and you're like, why is this guy's saturation look bad? Went to the Cardinals game. Nightmare scenario. Uh, it was like 50 degrees in the shade with the wind blowing. People were buying blankets. Like, I'm shivering. And so we had seats in the bleachers, and I got baked. Just absolutely burnt to a crisp. So that's what we're looking at right now. But like I said, with Robert Thomas, a lot of people were begging this guy to shoot the puck. Begging this guy to shoot the puck, right? Like, in those high-danger opportunities, stop looking to pass first and make the correct play based on what the defense is doing and shoot the puck. He's not just shooting the puck right now. Like, Robert Thomas is making, like, his decision-making is close to perfect, like, what we're talking about, right? Like, when when he's in those high-danger opportunities, uh, if the right play there is to shoot, he's shooting the puck and scoring. And when the right play there is to pass instead, and the defense is playing the shot more, he passes it off and gets an assist. And it's just absurd the dude is a wizard he's passing it through four people he's passing off the rush like he's he he it's almost like he can just do no wrong right now and it's not like he's just like oh like slot shot wrister like bar down what a shot very accurate no like this dude's this dude's shooting from every angle he's getting breakaways like the guy's ripping one timers like he's alexander ovechkin out there and that's a stretch i get it Ovi's like probably best one timer in the history of the game but when you when you compare Robert Thomas's one timer status at the age of like however young he is, the dude is a baby in terms of development, and then you stack it up against Vladimir Tarasenko, who has just started developing a one timer uh, to his game this season after being in the league for like ten years. Like, dude's rounding out his game fast, and he is coming up fast, and I think. Uh, when it comes to stu- superstar potential, obviously Jordan Cairo, and we've talked about it on this podcast like for the last two seasons now, but I don't think enough people are talking about the fact that Robert Thomas is well on his way and maybe even at a faster pace to superstardom than Jordan Cairo is. And I think, um, I mean, we could be looking at a future captain, future assistant captain. Like it, the the Blues' opinion of Robert Thomas is to the moon, and it's going to be interesting to see. Oh, what happens during contract time. That is for sure. But I think that's all the time we have for today. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Locked on Blues podcast. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're currently listening to and subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, yeah, I, I'm excited for the rest of the season. You can follow me on Twitter at 12 to 15. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. Thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, let's go Blues.